Welcome home, Spiritual Human. I'm your host, Stacey McGee, and you are listening to the Spirit Fluent Podcast, a gathering place for spiritual humans, where each week we talk about becoming fluent in all things spiritual. So welcome to the Spirit Fluent Podcast. I am reading a book that I wrote called A Journey to the Heart. And this book came to me from spirit. It came from a vision that I had after having a session with one of my awesome friends, Psychic Sean. And he also felt that writing was kind of somewhere where I needed to be. And when I was younger, I used to write a lot. I used to, I actually won writing competitions in grade school and middle school. And and somewhere along the way, I I stopped writing and then I stopped art and I stopped creating. And as someone who is a very creative type, I've realized that for my well-being, I need to create. And so I wrote this story a couple weeks ago. It still needs some editing. It's imperfect. But I'd like to start sharing it with you. And you guys, tell me what you think. So I'm going to start with the introduction here. It says, hi, I'm Stacy, and this is a book about the journey to the heart. A journey to the heart is a story of a person who goes on a journey seeking more in life and understanding their true nature and soul purpose. Rory learns many things through their journey, but the most important lesson learned was that Rory was strong enough to, eat, to fight even the hardest battles. In this book, you'll meet Rory, the red warrior of light and truth. Rory represents your inner light, your intuition, and the part of you that knows what's true and what is not. When things feel out of control, Rory reminds you that even when things are falling apart, you are strong enough to fight even the hardest of battles. The hard moments stay with us to remind us that we are strong enough to fight that you are here because you are enough, valiant enough, soft enough, strong enough, and you have more strength than even you realize. Red is the color of the warrior. It is the color of blood and passion and drive. It is the color of fire and warmth. It is the color of pain and suffering and struggle. The red warrior is a guide for those who want their lives back on track after being knocked off course by life events or personal choices that have left them feeling lost or defeated. Red will help you explore your motivations for choosing this path. Instead of allowing yourself to wallow in self-pity or worse, a journal is a book of many pages full of a strong yet unknown written on a path of our hearts the journey of our souls. It is the first I feel of many, as I have been shown a vision confirmed by recent spiritual reading, that it is to be a set of books, a rainbow of the discovery of purpose, a journey to the heart. January 1st. It is in here I write my stories as I try to understand who I am. I really don't know who I am, but I need all the strength I can get now. Mother gave me this journal to write my thoughts. And so I think I will try to do that today. 
I am called Rory, which means Red King, but I am not a king. I could never be a king because I'm not allowed to be a king, not even a queen. Submissive to a rule of another, never quite having true power, yet someday I know I will rule my own destiny and make my own decisions. But for now, I am not a queen or prince or princess even. I am just me, a human who is told to do what they should do by others, how to act and how to be, although I wish they would just let me be. I want to be me, not who they say they want me to pretend to be, but they still tell me this is what I must be. I am told to smile because that's what I should do. I am told to be a lady because ladies are nice. I am told to be pretty because pretty girls are happy. I am told to be creative, and that is okay for me to be creative because it's a girly thing to do. I am told that a woman should be in the kitchen because that's how it used to be, and the older generation knows better than me. I am told that a woman should stay at home with their kids until their kids are old enough for school because that is what makes you a good mother. I am told to sit like a lady and not to run too fast to the meadows with the wind twisting my hair or fall breathlessly into a pile of wildflowers because that is not what ladies do. I am told not to make others stare and if I am lucky one day, I will outgrow my red hair and my freckles. I am what others tell me to be. I wear a mask and play along, a child pretending in an adult's world. February 17th. The day was warmer than others, and the sun was bright, but that didn't matter to me. I was alone, and I felt sad. I'm sad a lot. Most people don't notice me, but when they do, it's usually not a good thing. I remember it clearly. I was walking home from school when the other kids started making fun of me. They called me names like Redhead and Freckleface Monster, <clears throat> as if those were bad things. They made fun of my hair, which they said looked like a fire hydrant. They laughed at my freckles, which they said looked like polka dots upon my cheek. I wanted so badly to be like them to have soft mousy brown hair and blue eyes instead of frizzy orange locks and skin covered in freckles. But I knew deep down, no matter how much I tried to change myself, it wouldn't make a difference because I was who I was. I wanted to yell at them and fight backs, kick dirt in their face and throw rocks at them as they do to me. But instead I just hung my head in shame as they hurled insults at me. I was running away from the children that taunted me, running as fast as I could, running from their taunts and their insults, running to my grandmother's house, where I fell sobbing into her soft, warm arms as she told me this. You are not a monster, she said, stroking my curls. You are a human being, and you can be more than what they say. She squeezed me again between her soft arms, enveloping me in love and the scent of lavender as she held me close, an embrace that spoke of kindness. She didn't ask me if I had done wrong. She didn't tell me I should have done differently. She just held me close and let me cry on her shoulder until her 
until her shirt was damp with my tears and I felt safe once again. Instead of bowing your head and letting them drag you down into their darkness, keep your head held high and your shoulders up, she said as she rummaged through her shelves looking for some unknown object. You are strong. You are stronger than the trees, stronger than a storm that blows like the howling gale of a wind across the moors. You are strong. She breathed in deeply as she wiped the tears from my swollen eyes. Stronger than any man, woman, or child in this world, you have been chosen for this time and place because of your strength, not your weakness. Only the strongest of souls were meant to spend this time on earth, and that is you. You do not have to bow your head and be afraid to show up for who you are, for what you believe in, and for what makes you happy and unique, no matter how much it makes others uncomfortable. Stand up straight, put your shoulders back, and walk into any situation with pride and confidence. And everyone will look at you like they're seeing something they never saw before. It is okay to stand out from the crowd. It is different. It is okay to be different from everyone else. It is okay if people don't understand who you are or what makes you happy. It is not their job to understand, and it doesn't matter if they do. Strong, she smiled as she finally pulled out what she was looking for on the shelf. That is you. She handed me a book with an orange cover, which was slightly dusty. I took it from her and opened it up. Inside was nothing but an empty book. Nothing but blank pages and white space. No wisdom to be learned here. You will write the story when she is time. When it is time, she smiled knowingly. For now, let this be your reminder that you are stronger than you think. I don't feel strong today. Not one bit. January 2nd, 12 years later. It's hard to believe it's been so long. It feels like only yesterday that I was given this old old journal. And it's been locked away for many years from when my grandmother gave me this orange one and my mother gave me the one I'm writing in. I need to fix that sentence. I think it's a little jumbly. I had forgotten about it, but life has been a bit hard and confusing lately. They say journaling is the best way to process and heal. So I guess, I guess I'll give this a try. What have I got to lose? I figured I should finish this one that was started so long ago before starting a new one. So here we are. As I sit here writing this, I can't help but think about all the things that have happened to me over the past few months and years. To be honest, it hasn't been easy. The last few years have been tough, especially since losing my mother. She was such an inspiration to me in so many ways. She never stopped believing in herself or me, even when times were tough or things didn't work out as planned. I knew she would want me to keep going no matter what happens. But sometimes it gets tough to find strength inside yourself when things don't go your way and life throws curveballs that keep coming at you over and over again until eventually they knock you down and they knock you down hard enough to feel like there's no reason to get up again. There's no reason to keep fighting a losing battle. 
February 25th, dear me, sometimes we need to fight for our own peace. We need to take a stand and make it known that we deserve to be happy, even if it means making some changes. This is my story to tell. This is my journey. And I get to write it however I like. And my decisions will lead me down the path that feels right for me. I'm going to be brave in all my choices. And even if they scare me, today, maybe I'll do something that scares me. Maybe not. March 1st. Now, I will not do hard things. Life is full of hard things. And I just want something to go easy for once. March 3rd. I know they say to journal every day, but lately things feel so out of control, so hard, I can barely breathe. And I think we might end there. Now we have more time to read. It's a 20-minute podcast. I had to check the time. We're going to keep going. So, and if you haven't noticed, this is written in a journal style where our hero or heroine, whoever you want to call her, Rory, um, is writing her experiences in this journal. And I'm, I'm hoping this resonates with you guys so far. I'm going to keep going. March 14th. Today was a harder day than most. Honestly, lately, most days have felt impossibly hard. Yesterday, everything was going okay. I was feeling good. And I thought that nothing else could go worse than that. But it did. And it was hard. And I found myself crying in the forest, a place that I go to release, to hide away from the world and just to breathe. When an old man passed me by, I'm not sure how long I'd been there crying, but all of a sudden I had heard those footsteps behind me. And when I turned around, there was a man there with dark hair, peppered with gray and eyes that were so blue, they almost looked like crystals. And he was staring at me, watching me cry. But it was too late. He saw me and he smiled through deep wrinkles on his face. And he spoke in a voice that seemed to come somewhere deep inside himself. Do not be ashamed of your tears. They are only water. And they can release the pain inside so very well. He asked me this. Could he help me? But before I could answer him again, he started talking again. Are you okay? Do you need help? And my heart sank when he asked this because I knew that he had seen my tears and I knew that they would start flowing if I answered again. So instead of answering him verbally, I just turned my face away from him so he wouldn't see the hot tears falling out of my eyes and onto my cheeks. But it was as if his words had some sort of magic within them. They danced like magic on my broken heart and made me feel healed for just a moment. And then, without a word, he turned his back on me and walked away as if nothing had happened and he'd never spoken. And I was shocked. I was shocked that he had turned away and I was shocked by his words and I wanted to know more and feel more about this magic that spoke from his lips. So I quickly turned around and followed him through the forest until we reached his house, which was built into a large tree stump. 
It was strange, but something inside me invited me closer as I approached this different little abode that was hollowed out of a tree with vines climbing all around it. Come in, he smiled, opening the door for me. As I slipped inside, it felt like I had entered another world entirely. It was welcoming and warm and cozy, with the little fire burning in the corner. It was a little dark and smelled like moss and dirt, but it was still warm and welcoming. But the books, the books were everywhere. They were all up and down, lining the walls of this round little strange house, and they all seemed to be written by hand on parchment paper, bound in leather with intricate designs and gold painted on the covers. A large table sat in the center of the room with chairs around it, and there were other little chairs scattered throughout the room, holding various little objects. It was less like a house and more like a little magical library. There were some various jars of herbs and liquids, some clear and some cloudy, some crystals and candles and plants, and small figurines carved out of wood, and many other items that seemed to really have no purpose whatsoever, except to be there to decorate. I've been alone in this forest for many years now, he said, looking out of the window at the trees. It will soon be time for us both to go back where we belong. In that moment, I knew exactly what he meant by home, because I felt it too, a deep longing inside myself to be where my heart belonged, somewhere out there in the trees where they danced freely on the stars. Actually, that I read that wrong. Somewhere out there in the trees where the fairies danced freely on the stars. Sorry, guys. It's a work in progress. At home, a home that I knew existed, but a home that I had never seen before. Not in this life, at least. I wanted to feel more of the magic that echoed from the vo his voice as he spoke, so I approached him as a little fire in his little stove, sitting on the floor next to it. My heart broke for him a little because he struggled to sit. He gathered up a small cracked teapot and from it started to pour tea. He was old and weak and a little shaky. I could see the age had affected him greatly. And I could see the effort it took for him to move his hand as he offered me a cup of tea. It was handed to me in a chipped and worn cup, just as worn as the teapot it was brewed in. And it may have not been washed before he poured that steaming cup of tea up to its brim. But he offered it to me with a shaky hand, tea sloshing on the floor. And I took it. I wanted to take his hand in mine, but I didn't want to upset him further by seeming too friendly or familiar with him. So I just took a sip of my tea and smiled at him instead. This is good, I said, trying not to sound as if I was lying through my teeth. But the truth was that it tasted like hot water poured into something that used to be lemons at some point. But I didn't want to make him feel bad. And he clearly put so much effort into making it for me. Another part that needs a little editing, I think. Uh, so we sat and drank our tea in silence until finally he spoke. 
In the moments where things feel out of control, when it feels like life is full of pain and seems unfair, take a second to breathe and remember your worth. Remember that it is okay for things around you to seem like they are crumbling. It is okay if the world seems darker at times. You are going to be okay, even if it feels, even if it doesn't feel like it. Your worth is not determined by the world outside, but your world inside here. And he thumped his chest where his heart was. That is something that no one can ever take away from you. You are made of energy and light and the stardust of the universe. And once you realize this, you will see how powerful you really are. Even when it feels like giving up would be easier. Remember your worth and keep going. I have something for you. He smiled as he pulled something out from underneath a dusty cushion of his chair. He handed me a simple green leather journal that was handmade for writing your story, he said. You will know when it is time. I looked at the book in confusion. Was this a joke? I flipped through the pages. They were nothing but a blank journal. What did I need that for? I already had blank journals. I felt like an idiot for following him into the woods. What was I going to do with this thing? What story was I going to write? I'm not even sure what I expected from this old man. Maybe I thought he'd be like Gandalf the Great or Dumbledore with a long beard and a staff and some magical wisdom to impart to me. But it turned out that he was just an old man with a beard, but no staff and lived in a tree and probably ate bugs for dinner. I was frustrated. So I got up and quickly grumbled my goodbye to the old man and left his cottage in the tree. As I was walking away, he called out to me one last time. Remember, if you are sad, go out to your garden. The trees and the plants will speak to you as you put your bare feet in the grass and your garden will grow what you need to heal. I turned to him and thanked him again, feeling a bit guilty about my abrupt goodbye. But as I did, his cottage mysteriously disappeared into thin air. I froze in my tracks, wondering what had just happened. Was it really possible that I was standing in the exact spot where a cottage had been just moments before? It was dark and quiet, and I could hear nothing but the sound of my own breathing and the beating of my heart. The cottage must have been right behind me, but it wasn't there anymore. I spun around on my heels again and looked again everywhere, but there was no trace of the strange man or his tree. I looked down on my hands to see if the book had disappeared as well, but there it was, proof that I hadn't imagined the whole thing. I stood there for a moment longer, trying not to panic, as I figured out what to do next. I looked up to the sky, but the sun had been setting over the ocean. It was purple and orange, like my hair. The wind blew through my hair like fire, yet something inside me said, I think I was ready to burn down my world and build up something, a new life, maybe. It was time to leave everything behind, everything I knew. It was time to start a new life. I knew this change would be hard, that it would be painful, but at the same time, strangely, I felt ready for it. 
ready to let go of all my past hurts and failures, to start fresh, ready to take on whatever came next with an open heart and a clear mind, ready for anything that life wanted to throw at me next. It was so strange that one moment I was confused and then one moment there was clarity. But when magic happens, it feels like the whole world is opening up to something new. And I'm excited to see if something magical happens tomorrow. You've been listening to the Spirit Fluent Podcast. Your continued support means so much to me. And I just want you all to know how grateful that I am for you. Uh, I have many resources on my website, spiritfluent.com, as well as on my YouTube at Spirit Fluent. And I would love to invite you to check out my book, My Spiritual Awakening is a Shit Show, on Amazon now.